moms can come in every shape and form, and sometimes their children happen to have fur and wagging tails. This is a podcast for those who love the four-legged friends that they rescued because they got rescued right back. Each week, we bring on a dog mom or two to talk about their dogs and how they changed their lives. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Hello, dog moms and dog dads. Welcome back to the Rescue Dog Moms podcast. I'm Yamini, and thanks so much for joining me again this week. Our topic today is fostering, and funnily enough, we have a foster right now who has filled our lives with joy and filled our apartment with pee just as of yesterday. So this is definitely some of the positives and negatives of fostering. She is so cute, though. Her name is Rosie, and she is, at this point, already up for adoption with Fetch and Release, so we're excited to see where she ends up. Today, for the podcast topic, we'll be chatting to two experts in fostering. The first are Lindsay with her dog, Huey. Huey was her second foster and a foster fail, and Lindsay is actively involved in the foster community as an FC and just in general works hard across different rescues. We also chat with Dana, who has Finley and Samson, and they have had a ton of fosters in the last four years, including cats as well, and just have a lot of experience. So hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you guys are thinking about fostering with a rescue, I definitely would say this is a must listen. Tons of tips on research and how to find the right rescue for you, as well as things you might consider before you commit. Also just want to add, if you're looking to adopt, I would look into fostering as well because it can be a great way to transition get to know your dog in advance of adopting without further ado thanks for your patience as i've been a little late this week i hope it's worth it and talk to you soon dana and Lindsay, welcome to rescue dog moms a parenting podcast i'm so excited to have two super dog moms here with me to talk about fostering Thanks. Thanks. I'm so excited. Both of you guys, I feel like I know through interesting means. Dana and I literally met through an Instagram contest where we were supposed to do a matchy pick between our dogs and post it. We found out we lived in the same neighborhood and we got together and made an amazing photo shoot, Finley and Boss, on a first date. But we didn't know at the time that Boss was actually only interested in male dogs. So as soon as boss met Finley's brother Samson it was love at first sight and at first hump so that was pretty much what brought us together and then Lindsay I've met Huey a few times separately from you with Ada which is very funny and then of course as being part of the you know the rescue dog community we've worked together in rescue and just been in touch via our adorable dog videos and pictures I was gonna say we bonded over our love of TikToks didn't we yes that's definitely a big start (laughs) TikTok is now literally my obsession just last night I used to have a screen-free room like up until this quarantine 
And now I'm literally up till two in the morning, just scrolling on TikTok forever. People are surprised when I tell them that like, that's what I do since quarantine started. And I'm like, no, it's great. It's dogs. <laughs> like the algorithm has me oh, figured yeah. out now. It is dogs. And I am here for it. I have so much dog content on there. I'm starting. It's, it's really crazy how much TikTok knows you because oh, they've yeah. somehow figured out all of my other life interests. <laughs> um, it's so wild. I feel like every day this algorithm is like learning more about me. I need to get on TikTok. I see all the videos that you two, like you and everyone else is posting. I'm like, oh, I need to get on that. Miss Dog Moms, maybe let's get started on talking about our children. Lindsay, why don't we start with a little bit about Huey? So Huey is a three and a half-ish, you know, we're not 100% certain, rescue from Texas. We got him in August of 2018, originally as a foster. And then by the end of the month, he was ours. He is a hilarious guy. He is a, we think, Jack Chai. So I did one of those cheaper DNA tests and the results came back. Staffordshire Terrier and Siberian Husky. I know. <laughs> right. And that's why you can't trust I those want, tests. Well, I want to do the embark like the better one but i'm just a little scorned like i'm upset i'm still upset about it like here we are two years later i'm still upset about the result he is to me a jack chai i don't know maybe boston who knows he is awesome and he has been the absolute joy of mine and my partner's little family we're obsessed with him that's amazing. I will say if you do embark and you do get another round of Siberian Husky, that would just mean that there's something going on in Huey. I mean, can you imagine? That would be hilarious. It's like the furthest thing from him. I would just love like for you to rider. I know. I would just love for you to like change your bio to say like <laughs> Siberian Husky mix and just see what happens next. Huey the Jack, Huey the Siberian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he's adorable. I, I creep on he's like my came and Tweety are like my biggest Instagram crushes because he's I don't know like I, I told my partner the other day I was like he was the kind of dog that if I saw him before we had our dogs like that's the kind of dog I would want just so cute Aww, and you can well, tell like, he's fun him. too like he has a good personality he definitely he has a big personality he has an interesting personality like he definitely has likes and dislikes it was funny because I was listening to the episode with Frankie and Fern and I DM'd Frankie because they sound like they have a lot in common. Like she says Jack Chai, we think Jack Chai as well. Similar kind of personalities about their people. Like Huey loves his people. Mm -hmm. if, he, if if you have a good intro with him, he's all, he's all about good intros. Um, so if you have a good introduction with him, then you're in. You're a member of the team. He rides hard. He's ride or die for his peeps. So that was, that was really funny. But yeah, I started the Instagram because I was just so in love with him. And I was like, I have all all these pictures on my phone what do I do with them I must share them with the world I I wonder if this is how people feel about like real children I'm not 100% sure yeah I don't know about that one either I do feel like obviously it feels a little bit safer <laughs> to yeah, exactly. your dog like, too. it's it's okay to put a picture of your dog having a bath but I don't know if I put like my like my kid <laughs> in the bath that that would be weird yeah that's fair. Do you know anything about Huey's rescue story? 
Not a ton. So all we know is that he has a rap sheet. So the police do the animal control in the area of Texas where he was picked up. So he has like a police record because that's who picked him up. Um, But we don't know much more about that. But yeah, he came to us in August of 2018 from Texas. And I have sort of formulated this idea in my head because he was pretty much house trained from the moment we got him. I think he had like one accident. And so I feel like he was in the house at some point or that he had people of his own at some point. And then I don't know, you know, what happened from there, but that's what what I think. But he's he's a Canadian dude now and oh, yeah. living his best life. I want to see a Huey mugshot. I literally was thinking, <laughs> like, I just need to hear about Huey's stint behind bars, you know? Yeah, like, well, there's that picture that I posted on Instagram and that I love, I have like a love-hate relationship with that picture where he is like literally behind the cage and he's so small <laughs> and skinny and oh. he's also got like, um, there's like a chunk of his ear that's missing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can notice it, but if you, you can see it in some pictures and he's got another part missing on another ear so I just have this whole imagining of like what his life was like potentially on the streets before he got picked up by the police like this whole dramatization it could be a screenplay one day or I would I would watch that that. yeah Yeah. (laughs) absolutely what does it say on his rap sheet just like did they find him on the street like like as a stray I don't know. I don't actually have it. It's right. just what I told by the rescue and that yeah. they do the animal, con- the police do the animal control there. So they're the ones who, who picked him up. It's different places of the world just act so differently too that I, yeah. I know. You never know, know what the way your different dog places, The way they view dogs even. Yeah, definitely. And you don't that's how you don't know what your dog has gone through as well, because culturally Texas is so different in how they are with dogs than we are here in Ontario. Yep. And not in a good way. Yeah. Dana. Let's chat first about Finley since she's your firstborn. (laughs) Yeah. So I have two. I have Finley. She's about four years old. She's a Dachshund mix. She's originally from California, uh, which is a pretty unusual place for rescues to come from. And we got her through the Toronto Humane Society. So at the time, they had a partnership with a shelter in California because small dogs are, uh, there have a lot of them in California and they're pretty popular here in Toronto because it's easier in the city. Um, So she was our first foster, like our first dog foster. And consequently a foster fail she was a difficult first foster like she had a lot of she came with kettle cough which evolved into like football blown pneumonia then she got her menzies then after that she had to go through her space surgery so it was about two months of just constant medical attention and staying up at night because she couldn't breathe and she would start wheezing and she couldn't go on long walks and just she needed a lot of constant attention uh, but obviously like totally worth it. So that's Finley. Then we have Samson. Uh, He's about one and a half. We got him at the beginning of the first lockdown last year, March 15. I remember because they just announced that they're extending March break. And I thought, oh, great. I'll have a few extra weeks with the dog before I go back to work. (laughs) Little did I know (laughs) we're just going to be home from that moment onward. He's a Maximat. He's a funny looking uh, dog. Dan called it spot on. He called him a bitsy dog because he's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, no, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I don't even want to do those in bark tests because like there is no way anyone is able to figure out what is in that dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came from Mexico through Saber Scruff. Yeah, that's uh, that's Samson. What are um, they like, would you say? Like what are they have very distinct personalities. Let's yes. just say that. 
Yeah, so Finley, uh, honestly, she's like a dream dog. Uh, She's calm, she's well-behaved, she's affectionate, she's friendly, she's sassy, she keeps me entertained, she's really smart, like, uh, she's, oh, she's just a dream dog. She's one of those, like, you know, you have the perfect first child, and you're like, you know what, I need another one of those. And then Samson is the complete opposite, so he is a typical teenager, he's moody, and rebellious, and demanding, and he can be very sweet and affectionate when he wants to and especially with me like he's a total mama's boy but he uh yeah he knows what he likes he knows what he doesn't like he doesn't take crap from anyone Finley's like she'll put up with anything she's like as long as you love me I'll do whatever you want and Samson is very like how about no and uh, also Samson that loves boss obviously they have a they have a very special bromance that I've honestly I've never seen like between dogs like that it was just instant connection like they're just like they know what they like and they behave with each other in a way that I've never seen Samson act with other dogs. And same with Boss. Like, I see his videos at the dog park and he... he no, he he's, special he's things never. He deserves for Samson. Yeah, he's never as interested as any dog as with Samson. Yeah. So so they're, they're definitely, like you said, Yamini, they have their own personalities and... Um, it's good. It's a good balance. They're interesting characters. Yes, definitely. I also want to add, since we were talking about them being bitsy dogs, I think it is hilarious that they're both kind of like short-legged dogs, but of completely different sizes. Um, yeah, we, we definitely have a type. Like, we like uh, the low riders, the long dogs. It makes it difficult to buy them clothes. But other than that, like, it's it's really funny. And people always say, oh, I like our day, you know, mother and baby. Or is Finley, uh-huh. like, is Finley like Samson's puppy and things like that? Um, and we're like, <laughs> no, they're not even related. Like, they're from two different in the world. But yeah, I was like, different parts of the U.S. And uh, probably don't actually have breeds in common. Just happen yeah. to look kind of similar. Just happen to look alike, yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe they all share, like, a common ancestor. But that same husky that Huey descends from. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's this one husky that just is tiny, tiny legs. <laughs> Rampant in the USA. Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited to get you guys together um, because I think this topic of fostering is one that obviously during the pandemic, I think has really grown um, in the rescues that I've worked with. We've had such a crazy increase in fostering. A lot of more people even tell me that they didn't even know fostering was an option before the pandemic. So it's really great that more people are learning about it. But I thought having you two on here would be a great resource to have people kind of investigate maybe what they should do before foster comes in their home and the challenges they might encounter. How about you guys maybe start off by telling me how you guys um, got into fostering and like what uh, your current relationship is to it. So let's start with Dana this time. So we started fostering uh, about four years ago my partner and I moved to Toronto from Montreal so it was my first time living on my own and I always had animals growing up I've always had dogs like I love animals I was one of those kids that wanted to be a vet when they grow up and my cousin and I had like our own rescue where we go around the neighborhood and like feed stray cats and find injured birds and things like that even now I still like rescue injured pigeons. I have a pigeon guy, believe it, believe it or not. So when we moved uh, to Toronto, I just knew like, I can't live in an empty apartment, like I need to have some sort of uh, animal companion. And I left behind the family dog that, you know, lived with my parents. We knew like we weren't able to adopt right away, just because we had moved into a new city, and we were starting new careers and school and all that. So 
I looked into it and thought about fostering. It just seems like very natural to me. I was like, oh, okay, that's the right solution for us. So I looked into it. I did some research online and I found the Toronto Humane Society and I filled out an application and then we went to orientation and we did the interviews and it just felt like a good fit. So we went with that and we fostered a few cats until we felt comfortable graduating to dogs because my partner never had a dog and uh, he grew up with cats. So it was like a good compromise. And over time, we just started learning more and more. So, you know, word of mouth and seems crazy now, but back in the day where you could go to events, they'd be, you know, <laughs> those like diff- like those dog shows or, you know, social events and you'd have those booths and you're like, oh, tell me about your rescue. Um, so yeah, so kind of expanded our repertoire of rescues that we know. And we have fostered with, I think about like five or six different rescues by now. And we've had about maybe like close to 15 dogs and maybe four cats over the over the four years so yeah so it's definitely something that we are very passionate about and I'm very happy to be here to talk about it and that's part of why I started Finney's Instagram like I love that it gives me a platform to talk to people about our experience and reach like a wider audience because before it would just be something we tell our family and friends about and I tell my students about and if someone's like oh I'm thinking of getting it I'm like have you considered fostering let me tell you all about it great Lindsay so we found just out of the blue a Facebook post about fostering sort of like you said Yim like I didn't even know you could foster dogs I thought you could only like foster children I had no (laughs) idea that this was an option and I much like both of you growing up as a dog lover was living with my partner and you know we both grew up with family dogs and it seemed like such a great opportunity to make a difference and also fill that void in our lives as animal lovers and dog lovers. We got started and we got matched with a dog actually quite quickly. It seemed like the perfect thing that we could help this dog out for a couple of weeks. And then I was going on a big trip that summer. So it wasn't a long-term commitment to an animal, you know, 12 or 15 years. We all know how it turned out, but... Right. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Yeah. Whoopsie. Everyone told me the first time they're like, you're going to keep it. And I honestly think that's why we didn't keep our first foster was <laughs> we kept saying to each other, like, we can't, we can't fail on the first time, you know, and subsequently, you know, so many of my friends have, and it's so wonderful. Shout out to Shades, our first foster, um, who is on Instagram, which brings me so much joy. We just did it to help out and get more involved in the animal community. And it opened up this whole world that I didn't even know of in Toronto that I've subsequently, you know, stayed involved in since 2018. And I'm just so grateful for it. I mean, we haven't fostered since. So Huey was our second foster and obviously a foster fail. We haven't fostered since but it's given both my partner and I an opportunity to get more involved in the rescue community, to meet all these people that we never would have met had it not been for fostering and for the rescue community. So it's been a really exciting and really fulfilling avenue that we've been on for these past couple of years. And I totally feel you, Lindsay, like when we had our first foster, it was a cat and everyone said, oh, you know, you always foster fail on your first one. And the, and in my head too, I was like, no, we're going to beat the system. We're not going <laughs> to yeah. do it. And, you know, we didn't end up adopting the cat. And I was like, but then we had Finley, like our first foster dog. And when we adopted her, like we went to sign the papers and everything coordinator was kind of like, yeah, not, su- no, not surprised there. You know, it's, it's pretty, pretty expected. But I do like, I'll never forget 
when they first brought her out to us, like, oh, small and sick. And, you know, the foster coordinator of the shelter, like, she put her in my arms and I look at my partner and I said, I love her already. That should have been, like, my first clue, but I, I we really fought it. So I, I know what story. you mean. Yeah, you, you're like, when you know, you know, right? And I think that people shouldn't be afraid of that. I think that's part of why people don't want to start fostering because they're like, oh, if I start fostering, I'm going to foster fail on my first dog and then I'm not going to foster or, you know, I'm not looking to adopt right now. So I think that's something that people kind of has like a negative almost stigma that like, oh, if you start fostering, you're going to end up with the first dog you foster. And it's that's not true. Like it's true in a lot of cases, but it doesn't always happen. Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. As a foster coordinator, which what I was doing after adopting Huey because I wasn't ready to jump back into fostering, I've seen that moment. Dana where people pick up their foster and I've seen it click like a match made in heaven so sometimes it it works out and it's really great but it definitely shouldn't be something that stops you from fostering you are able to sort of set yourself up to knowing that this is a couple weeks commitment in most cases just remind yourself that you're such an important part of this dog's journey to their full-time family even if it's not you you gave that dog a safe way to start their new life and it wouldn't be possible without you so I think that the people who foster such a wonderful gift that you're giving these dogs even if you feel bad about it even if it's hard and it's going to be hard just know that at the end of the day you've done such an amazing thing for this animal I definitely agree I also feel like it's interesting even foster failing for your first dog versus just straight up adopting a dog you just are in a different mindset like I think when you're a foster you put the dog first so if it clicks and you feel like this dog can't be without me you also think about it not just in your perspective but you do think about it in the dog's perspective am I the right home for this dog sure. long term am I the right person and I think every foster experiences that dog that they love and they love so much and are really sad to like let go but they know long term it's just not that dog isn't a fit in their lives. And in that case, I've had, you know, I'm also a foster coordinator. So there's so many people who I talk to on the daily who are like, oh, I cry thinking about the day I'm going to let this dog go. And I just tell them it's easier when you meet their families. Like, that's what I always say. Like when you see them with their new families, it helps so much. And then secondly, like, you know, you're always going to be part of their lives. And hopefully you you know, stay part of their lives, even just being able to visit the foster, the the new adoptive families or anything like that. But when you are a foster, you're just always you, you learn how to uh, put the dog first which I think is amazing in itself. And I push all our fosters, like I'm not a coordinator, but when we meet families, I'm always like, you know what you should do? You should open Instagram for that dog. (laughs) And that is a great way to stay, to stay in touch and like, you know, know what's going on in the dog's life. And we have one foster that got adopted a few years ago and his parents still send us a Christmas card every year to just, you know, wish us happy holidays and just kind of, you know, they're so grateful that we, we made this happen for them. Lindsay, do you have your foster fail story with Huey? When did you know that it was the right fit? So it's so interesting. So we took Huey on a meet and greet. Like we were fully prepared to adopt him out to keep fostering. And we took him on a meet and greet and he just didn't click with this person. And, you know, I was giving the person treats and this is, you know, no shame to that person. They just didn't click. My partner and I went home and 
we started talking about it and, you know, we were waiting to hear back. And as soon as this person said that they were no longer interested, they didn't feel it was right. I took that sort of as a sign that Huey wanted to stay. Huey had found his people and my family was obsessed with him and they were pushing us to adopt. And we had already had a meet and greet at that point. And so I kept telling them, you know, we can't, we're not going to interrupt the process. It's not our position. And then when it came back that they were no longer interested in adopting him, it felt like our little circle was all rallying around us. So (laughs) I think that that was also helpful to know that we had that support from our circle that, you know, if we had to go away on vacation, he's got family that he can stay with. If, you know, we're going, whatever, we have a long day, he, someone can come over and hang out with him or take him for a walk or things like that. You know, all those things that made us feel like we weren't in a place to adopt, feeling that he bonded with so many members of our immediate circle. It just felt like he was home and it was, he wanted to stay. I always tell people that he made his decision and he wanted to <laughs> stay and we were done. We had no choice in the matter, but yeah. He was like, Obviously, sorry, guys. Yeah, I think I, think I like it here. I think I'm going to stay here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember trying to get my parents to adopt Finley so that she doesn't have to go. I've heard that. I have a lot of fosters who are always like, uh, my parents are going to adopt them. I'm like, <laughs> makes sense. What was your experience with your first foster? So for Dana, it was Finley. And for Lindsay, sorry, remind me of the dog's name now. His name now is Shade. Shade. How was that? How was receiving? receiving the dog? How were the first few days acclimatizing to foster life? I will say that I, in hindsight, I was just so excited to have a dog. And I don't know that I set myself up or the dog up for immediate success. I was just so happy to have this dog in our home. And I, you know, got him some toys and a bowl. And I really didn't understand how shut down he might be. So, you know, he would hide behind under our table or around the corner from our couch. And he was really scoping the place out. And I was just, you know, like following him all the time. Like, I love you. It's okay. Don't you want to spend time with me? I didn't make that connection of, you know, so much has happened in this little brain. So much must be going through his little head. And I look back on it now and, you know, wish that I had given him a little bit more space. He opened up a lot after that, those first 24 hours. But the first 24 hours are hard for different dogs for different reasons. But for him, he was very nervous. He, like I said, was hiding. He, you know, had accidents in our apartment. And he was totally weirded out when we were outside. So he wasn't going out when we were outside. He would just look around at all the cars going and it was obviously a lot more stimulation than he was used to. So that that piece was interesting. But he definitely opened up and it's so wonderful when those foster dogs open up and start to show you their personality. And that has to be one of the most rewarding pieces of fostering is when the dog or the cat starts to get more comfortable and shows you who they really are and that's for sure the best part what was um his personality like once he got out of his shell oh he was just the goofiest guy he was this (laughs) shaggy dog i don't know what mixes are in him but he is this shaggy hilarious dude loves to play ball love to snuggle but was just so funny like when he played he would just get so amp and we used to joke that we would take him for walks and it would only energize like recharge his batteries instead of <laughs> decharge like instead of take it down it would only amp it up because we would come home and he'd be like all right guys what are we doing now do you want to play ball do you want to play fetch so he was really funny he just looked hilarious like 
he's you can look him up on Instagram shade the dog is just this shaggy dude he just looks like a cool guy and it's his personality matched and he's with such an amazing family now and like you said Dana did so nice when we met them for the first time they told us that they were already making an Instagram they were ready they wrote us the most beautiful card it's just so nice to still see pictures of him and feel that connection to him and see him thriving Dana what were the first few days with Finley like in your home I agree with Lindsay like the first time you get a foster especially your first foster you're just like so excited and you're just like oh this is gonna be the best here's all the treats and we're just gonna cuddle on the couch and we're gonna be best friends right away and now I definitely know better like now after years of doing this I definitely (laughs) realized that I didn't approach this the right way and you know like you can be as prepared as as possible and like go to all the orientations and read the manual and all that but like when you have this dog in your house you're like I just want to make this the most amazing experience for you and it's really hard because the dog is terrified and Finley was like that too like she would sit in the corner like shivering for the first few hours and the first couple of days she would would like not you know she didn't want to do anything she would just hide she was also sick so that added like an, a layer of stress to that and I was we were there just like what's wrong with her why doesn't she love us you know like why is she like that now I know better now when we get a foster we bring the foster home and we just ignore it for the first you know day or two and it's just like I don't know you I don't see you just making sure that you go out for bathroom breaks but this this definitely comes with experience because it's hard because you see you know this animal that now you're responsible for and they they obviously need you and they're stressed and they're scared and they don't know what's going on and you just want to cuddle them and like make everything okay for them but that is the exact opposite of what they need at that moment so it's hard and it was hard with Finley but she got better like she came out of her shell after a few days and then once her health got better like I'm never gonna forget the first time we took her to the park and let her run when she was well enough to run and she was just so happy she couldn't stop like for 10 minutes she just did zoomies all over the park (laughs) because it was the first time. It was so nice and definitely made it worth it. But it's hard. It's hard in the beginning. Yeah, it's definitely a different adjustment for a lot of people. And as an FC, and I'm sure Lindsay, you can relate. That's like one of the hardest things to communicate to people. It's like, I know you're going to be excited and you're going to want to like get started on your dog family life. But best thing you can do is just let them decompress and give them that space until they're ready to come to you. And it's hard for people just because you know if you're fostering an animal you're obviously an animal lover and you want so badly like Dana said I'm here for you I want best for you I love you I just want to be with you and so it's for sure hard to do kind of the opposite of what your brain is telling you like just let them be let them figure it out because you want so badly to make this animal's life better yeah definitely before I got into the rescue space I was like a rover dog sitter for a year and I think back even on those times you know these dogs would get so upset that their people were gone and I did all of the wrong things I was like stalking them being like are you okay do you need a cuddle do you need a treat do you need this and now I look back at it I'm like should have just let them mope at the door for however long they needed and that's definitely something uh I applied to future fossil too. Yeah, it comes it comes with experience, like all these reactions and feelings, I think they're normal and they're natural. And like, you shouldn't beat yourself yeah. up over it. With time, you kind of learn how to be better at it. it just comes with practice. Mm-hmm. Well, Dana, since you've had a multitude of fosters, I wanted to maybe ask you some additional questions. What's your silliest foster dog? 
Honestly, it's it's hard to choose because they each have their own like personality and they're so unique and they each kind of have something about them that makes them memorable and leaves leaves their mark. So Popper was uh, kind of, he has a similar story to Huey. Uh, so he's uh, from Texas and he's a Jack Daxon mix. He was, oh, it's just so cute. He was so playful, but not, not at first. Like at first when he came came to us you know we gave him a few days to decompress and then he started playing with Finley and you know being cuddly with us and then after I think about a week he was like okay I own this place now and he just wanted to play all the time and when we wouldn't like if we were working or something he would come and he would like nudge us with his snout or he'd start barking because he knew if he keeps barking long enough we have to stop what we're doing and give him attention and he could play fetch for hours like we're lucky because we live in a building that has a long hallway and our neighbors are amazing with us fostering like they're very supportive so we would take him out to the hall and just you know gotta chuck it and just play and you'd think after an hour he'd get tired he was great and he was so great with Finley and we we really liked him and we actually almost foster failed with him but we knew it wasn't the right fit because we knew this dog needs so much more than we can give him in terms of energy like we just don't have three hours a day to play with him and he got adopted by like this older couple that works from home and they live in like out of town somewhere and they have a big backyard and uh, like the father like he plays with him and he takes him on two long walks a day and he plays fetch with him for hours at a time and they're the ones that still send us the Christmas card what was one maybe uh, maybe both of you have uh, like a harder experience to share with either of your fosters just when we got Huey we were feeding him from the table and he (laughs) had some medical just some tummy troubles we know now that he has a very sensitive little stomach and but we didn't know that at the time and so while we were fostering just you know we love you here's have some whatever you know make you love us and then we ended up you know with some vet trips and with some tummy troubles and we hadn't experienced that before seeing him go from his quirky little self to obviously not feeling well that was really hard for us it was like our child you know when you're, you're our child was sick and yeah that was that was really hard for us and we've had it multiple times now we know what it's like but the, the first time when you see and they may probably relate to this with how ill Finley was you know it's hard to see them them like that so that was pretty hard for us at the beginning yeah that's fair boss has an iron stomach but so he's, yeah I, I know it's pretty great but he has gotten sick a few times and his yeah like for us too I think Dan freaked out so hard he literally just was like oh my god he has like an obstruction how can he be so depressed he's never acted like this that it was literally like oh he's just sick he's gonna get over it it's like okay he's just a baby that's all yeah you end up on google and google yeah. tells you all these terrible things right which, like i which happened to people too but like you go on google and it's like yeah you have an obstruction you need to go to the vet right now and have surgery and it's like no it'll pass you're fine yep yeah. vet md um, is never a good habit oh god yeah, I've, I've gotten better at that over the years. Like at first it'd be like, you know, calling like the rescue, like nonstop being like, is this okay? Is this normal? Should the dog be doing this? Um, and then now I'm just like, you know what, if, if it doesn't go away in a couple of days, then we'll deal with it. And usually it does, you know, sometimes there ain't something iffy or something like that. I mean, you, you kind of learn the signs of when it's serious and when it's not serious. It's yeah. just hard because the dog can't really tell you like, oh, I just, I just need to sleep it off or something. <laughs> Yes, and some of them are very dramatic with their simple tummy pains that maybe some of us just 
deal with. But what about you, Dana? What's a hard experience you had as a foster? We've had a few. I think definitely the hardest experience. Alexis is looking at me because he knows exactly what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> the hardest one. So we, we had a foster um, that came from Texas. So she was a Jack Russell mix and she was like another dog. She was maybe four. And when we got her, it was so obvious that she just didn't know how to be a dog. Like, you know, we take her out for a walk and she just stood there just kind of like, what am I supposed to do? Like, she didn't get toys. She didn't. She was, you know, she was very not used to being inside and not used to having attention. But she was really like you could tell she wanted to like she just had so much hope in her eyes. And she looked at us like like she knew that we were going to make it okay for her. And it was fine the first day and, you know, kind of gave her some time like she, she right away she like bonded with Finley. She bonded with us. She wanted to cuddle. And then the second day she's kind of started getting sick and we stayed up all night with her just kind of it just got progressively worse and then on the third day third or fourth day we had to take her to the vet and the vet said you have to take her to the emergency so I had to leave work and come meet my partner and we took her to the emergency and they did some tests and they said she has heart problems that were probably like untreated where when she was in Texas and the trip and the journey and everything probably just aggravated it. And they said, you know, like it would be extremely expensive to even take her to a specialist. And even then, like she wouldn't be adoptable because she would just have those heart issues forever. And the rescue and with with the vet, they decided that the best thing would be to just put her down. It was it was heartbreaking. I think this is probably one of the hardest thing that we've had to do individually or as a couple, like I've never had an animal like, you know, I've, I've lost hamsters and things like that. Um, but I've never had to put down an animal and neither did my partner. And they let us be with her for the procedure. And it was just, I think more than anything, it was just sad because it was such a missed opportunity. Like we had so much hope for this dog and like we could tell she wanted, you know, a second chance and she was ready for it. And it just didn't work out for her. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anyone's fault, really. Like it was a medical situation. She's lived all these years unloved and not getting to enjoy her life. And then when she finally got to the point where she had this opportunity, it didn't work. So it was it was devastating. Like we were pretty even though we've only had her for a few days, it was pretty devastating. And it took us a long time to get over it. And a long time, like we kind of took a break from fostering mm -hmm. after that. We were like, listen, we we need some time to recover from this because this is a lot definitely <laughs> the hardest one but we are just happy that we were able to be with her near the end and give her at least in her last few days that she got to feel loved and taken care of and you know got to enjoy being with another dog and being with people who care about her that was that was definitely hard then we decided you know what if if we stop fostering because of this one really difficult experience, then it's a disservice to Robbie. And like for her, we need to kind of keep doing this. And she didn't get that second chance, but other dogs can. So we should keep going. Thanks for sharing that. Honestly, being part of that as a foster is, is in itself like it's, it can be a really sad experience, but it can also be an amazing opportunity to give a dog some great memories and some great moments. So I'm sure you provided those for her. We tried.
Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of people might relate to that story. So I appreciate it. I wanted to get into the tip section because I know, Dana, you have so much experience with so many different dogs. And then Lindsay, as an FC, I'm an FC too. You hear all sorts of crazy stuff. Like you deal with every type of personality, human and dog-like. So I think uh, both of those perspectives will be really helpful for people. What advice would you give someone like you and Dana when you first started who are considering fostering and considering getting involved in fostering through a local rescue? I would say that I think you have to think about your end goal before you start. Know that you're probably going to have trouble giving this dog to their new adopter. Like even myself, I cried the whole time and I told them beforehand, I said, I'm so happy for you guys. You guys are amazing. This has nothing to do with you. Just know that and just be prepared for that. And you know, what are you going to do for yourself afterwards? You know, like, do you need to go for a walk? Do you need a piece of cake? Do you need, you know, whatever it is that's going to, you know, help you get through it too, because you are going to go through it as happy as you are for this adopted family, it is so hard to give that animal up to that, that you've spent so much time with, that you've bonded with, that you've cared for. It is hard. Be prepared for that is one thing that I would say. The other thing is always you know, like if you have a favorite pillow, lock it up and do not let it go anywhere <laughs> near, you know, like something that you love, like, do you love your rug? Roll it up. You, yep. You're going to have, absolutely. Accidents. you're going to have, you know, things are going to get chewed on, you know, things that we've all, you know, got lost in this, you know, experience, things are going to get messed up, potentially ruined. And you need to be prepared for that before you go into this journey and make sure you have all the cleaning products on hand tucked away safely and ready to go before you get started um, because it is a lot of fun and it's really rewarding but there are some hard pieces you kind of need to have as much information as as you can and on that note just reach out to the rescue that you're working with if you need help with my first foster I was sort of you know I'm a dog person I can do this I'm I'm good to go and and really there was so much I didn't know about the rescue world and and the experiences of these dogs it was different from my family dog that we had gotten from a breeder that we had raised you know from a puppy you know this is an adult dog that had past experiences potentially past traumas you don't worry about reaching out for help and you know you see a lot on Instagram in dog Instagram kind of mirrors people Instagram in that way where everyone shares cute pictures and cute videos and look at these new things we learned and it's all roses and everyone has difficulties behind the scenes and it's normal for you to have those challenges and those difficult days you know my first foster when we would create him he would just cry his little eyes out when we would leave him and I had wonderful neighbors bless them I didn't set him up for success and that was on me and I thought you know I'll just put him I'll keep putting him in the crate and eventually he'll get used to it and really you know there was more I could have done if I had reached out and asked for tips and for help and even talking to other fosters you know the rescue community is such a wonderful community that I'm so happy to be a part of and amazing people that I've gotten to meet and sometimes commiserate with and <laughs> say, you know, have you ever, have you had this experience? What did you do? And really your foster coordinator is your first port of contact and your cheerleader and they want success for this dog and they want success for you because, you know, we want to see people continuing to foster um, with our organizations sure. and the more experiences that you have, that's beneficial to the rescue to say, we now have a 
roster of people who have been through this a few times. Not to say that someone who has never had a dog before can't foster, but don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be embarrassed to ask for help, especially people who are doing it for the first time or people who have never had dogs. Reach out for help and maybe you're emailing a hundred times and that's cool. You know, we want to be here to help and we want to see both parties succeed in these experiences. Yeah, as an FC, just want to agree because I love the constant text messages. I love the involved calls. I tell everyone, I'm like, I'm hyper involved. So if you're cool with it, I am no matter what time of night, I'll probably get on a phone call with you if uh, something big enough is happening. So I definitely agree with that. Dana, what advice would you give a new foster? So I think Lindsay raised some excellent points and I definitely agree. I would like to add to that, that I think it's important to do your research. So even when you say, okay, I want to foster, look into the different rescues, um, read their philosophy, read, you know, read success stories, see, read reviews. Honestly, don't be afraid to just Google reviews. Uh, You might be surprised what you'll discover about some rescues. You know, do your research and get get a feel for the place, like for the rescue. See, do I feel like I would be a right fit for this rescue? Like, will I feel supported? Will I get help if I need it? Will they be available for me um, to ha- answer my questions and help me out? Talk to other people. Like Lindsay said, it's it's an amazing community, and I'm so lucky like to be part of it. There's definitely a lot of people like us that just want to talk about it and help you and give you advice. And like, don't be shy to ask for help. Like Lindsay said listen to this podcast, you know, um, (laughs) do your research, kind of know what you're what you're getting yourself into. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's it's definitely like not an easy thing to do. And and there's a learning process. And if I look at my first foster, you know, from four years ago, and then our whatever foster from two years ago, and our most recent foster, like there's definitely I see a lot of growth in us as foster parents, as get the experience, you learn to handle situations differently, and you get better with time you know if you mess up it's okay like you're not ruining this dog's life forever or anything like that we're all just trying our best dogs and animals in general are very loving and they're forgiving and the dog will still love you even if you forgot to feed it or you gave it something that upset its tummy or you you got upset because they peed on your carpet that's a good point too i love what you said definitely about research i would also add to that you know look into the rescue look at to what kind of dogs they bring in too. Like, especially if you're a beginner, some rescues might have more small dogs or dogs that might need some assistance and some might bring in a lot more of those dogs that might need more support. And let be honest with the rescue you're working with about what your level of expertise is and don't feel bad about saying no to a dog if their profile doesn't feel right for you. I think that's also something to say, you know, help with what you can. But if you want an easier first foster, that's okay. For example, you know, some dogs might have a history that's a bit more intense and it's okay. You don't have to say yes to every single dog. I know a lot of fosters out there would love like smaller dogs, but they might have to work with rescues that bring their dogs in from certain parts of the world where there are lots more smaller stray dogs. Well, I always say, you know, Mexico has tons of the, you know, Chihuahua mixes and so does Texas. So, you know, 
you might have more luck if you are looking for a small dog for your foster. Yeah. And, and also like, don't get discouraged. I think that yeah. a lot of times like you were like, Oh, I want to foster. And then you Google and you look into the top, whatever searches, and then that's not a right fit. And you're like, Oh, okay, never mind. But don't give up. Like there are good and it's bad at the same time. Cause obviously we don't want there to be dog rescues because we don't want there to be dogs to be rescued. But at the same time, there's so, so many amazing organizations and I think if you if you look, you will find something that's the right fit for you. And it's okay to try. And it's also okay to be like, you know what, this is not working out for me. I mean, obviously, don't just like abandon the dog. But you <laughs> yeah. can, you know, finish your foster agreement, or you can reach out to the rescue and say, you know what, this, this is not working out for me. Like, I and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always tell my fosters, I never judge if you need a break, especially if you have a longer term foster that everybody needs a break. And we don't want to burn out our fosters just like people, especially during an intense time <laughs> in the world. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Did want to actually talk about I think again, as I discussed at the top during this stay at home order and the pandemic since March 2020, a lot more people have gotten into dogs, a lot more people have gotten into foster fostering. But with that comes, you know, a lot of different things. Like I think it for us as adults and as humans, it feels really convenient that we're going to be home all the time and be able to help take care of our dog. However, as part of the rescue community, a huge concern a lot of us have is how are these dogs going to be when people start going back into work? So I also noticed that there, there are a lot more people looking to foster, which is great. There's also a lot more people looking to adopt, which is also good. But I think people forget the situation doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon, but your dog will be here way after this is over. Like even a senior dog still has a few good years left in him. You know, remember that this is a, a long term commitment. I think fostering during COVID is great, but like make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, not because, well, I'm home, I'm bored, I can't see my friends and I might as well. I know for us. I've committed to fostering at times when I shouldn't have in terms of my workload and it is not fun. It definitely is a hard thing. Lindsay, from an FC's perspective and as a dog mom, what do you think is important to keep in mind your fostering at this time? Dana made some great points. I'm hopeful that I think that one of the nice things about COVID is with all the time that people have, so many people, like you said, have applied to foster, which is great. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to keep some of those people within the rescue community. Like, yes, some will go back to work and they're not able to continue on with those commitments. But maybe we have opened some other people's eyes, you know, some people who didn't know that this was even an option that maybe this is something that's going to fit into their lives. Maybe their work schedule moving forward because of COVID is going to change. Are people going to have more flexibility in terms of working from home? Does that mean you can continue fostering? Do you really need to commute into work every day? Does that mean you have more time to foster, you know? So I'm hopeful that if we can keep some portion of these new people that have signed up to foster over the last nine months, I think that can be really beneficial for the community in Toronto. Agree with both of you. I also do feel like hopefully there's a lot more education about dogs out there and I just want to say too I mean this podcast is here for people to listen to but also every single guest I have I know for a fact will answer your dms with any questions so hopefully you can at least reach out and ask questions about what you're looking for and some recommendations anything to note in terms of like training I know separation anxiety is a top concern for a lot of dog trainers right now definitely I'm definitely thinking 
thinking about socialization as well. You know, Huey would normally um, do a couple days of daycare just in terms of energy and socialization. And some of us, you know, would get together and go to the park or go for hikes and things like that, which obviously we're not allowed to do right now. So that's something that I've been thinking about. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to get back sooner than later to our quote unquote normal lives because I think also that he's gotten bored of us. I've noticed in this lockdown that like now he was usually very attached to us and now he will like go into another room. Like I've had, I've been home with you guys all day. I've had enough. I need some quiet time. I need some time away from you. But even just seeing other people as well, right? I've noticed a lot with Matt, even people when we were able in the summertime when the rules were a little bit more relaxed, we would go for walks and things like that. You know, people approaching with masks has been very, for Huey at least, has been very intimidating. And now that it's winter, people have hats on and they've got masks on and it's very hard to read facial expressions and things like that. I don't think masks are going away quite so quickly. So definitely something that we're we're thinking about and we're working on here as well. Yeah, that's a really good insight. And I do love that he goes into another room because I think a lot of people <laughs> have the opposite issue where they're like, this dog follows me around everywhere. Huey's got a good sense of personal space. <laughs> I think it's developed and it's developed in quarantine like I've yeah. noticed it in quarantine that he's like it's been a whole day I need a break from you people I love that it's funny too because the only guest I have at our house is my brother because we're neighbors so it's pretty much our only bubble <laughs> element is my brother and even though he comes over like once a day he's so excited to see him and he's never done that with us and boss is a quarantine baby basically so yeah I do wonder what it's gonna be like when he realizes we're not gonna be around like 24 7 because even if we do end up working from home I would like to have a social life again at some yeah, point and go sure. to like dinner with a friend or a bar like you know and even I'm just like I haven't even been doing that which is so wild like just so going true. away for a few hours with an indeterminate come back home time data what are you thinking about in terms of training okay like mentioned we got Samson at the beginning of the first lockdown and that has definitely been because he's such a like a, he's in his formative years I was very concerned about socializing him and that is definitely an issue that I think a lot of people are having now. Well, how am I going to introduce him to people and other dogs? It's a good idea if you are fostering or if you did just adopt a new dog to maybe look into the community. And I know there are a lot of people that are looking for like socially distant play dates or like hikes or whatever is allowed. Obviously, don't break the rules. There are definitely options. One thing that we're concerned about other than the separation anxiety is the dogs getting used to a different team. So not just being anxious when we leave but just you know now we wake up a little bit later than we would because we're working from home so we don't have to commute and they can go on you know an extra walk or two a day or we can go on extra long walks because it's not like we have anything else to do but when our normal routine is very different and the dog's life is different so Finley's used to sleeping all day when we're at work you know I think it's true what they say that this has been like a really tough time for people but like dogs are having the best time ever and it's going to be hard for them when when that goes away I sure. take boss on every like I've identified where in the neighborhood I can bring boss in errands like where they'll let him in I literally just feel like I don't do anything without him now which is so yeah. bad yeah Finley is the class mascot for for my uh for my students so she's uh, you know she's with me on calls and on Friday she came when they were doing show and tell so it's it's gonna be really weird like my dream is to have her be my uh, educational assistant dog so I've really enjoyed working from home and having her with me. What other plans do you guys have in 2021 as dog moms? Are you planning on continuing 
Dana, are you continuing to foster? Um, or do you guys have any like training plans or? One of my New Year's resolution is to meet Huey in real life. <laughs> have a play date. I, I, have a, I have a dream that all our dog moms that have been, you know, stalking each other on Instagram and, you know, okay, not stalking. All the dog moms I've befriended on Instagram just meet at the dog park for, you know, a coffee date and all our dogs get along and become best friends. So I'm hoping that's going to happen in terms of like, we definitely like to continue fostering. We just had a foster fairly recently, like right before Christmas. Got adopted and she's on Instagram. And she- yeah, Yamini, please like tag Molly. Her. Yeah, yeah. Molly. <laughs> uh, definitely keep fostering. Uh, we might wait till Samson is a bit older and like better behaved. It's been hard for him. Like Finley's amazing at fostering. And since she was our first foster, she's been with us for every other foster we've had since. Samson has a bit, because he's still a puppy, it's a bit harder for him. In terms of training, I don't know. I think just keep working on training in general you know just make sure they don't forget all the basic commands and how to behave outside and just make sure that when this is over the dogs are prepared to like be reintegrated back into normal life yeah Lindsay, what about you what does this year look like with you and huey one of the blessings of this past year in terms of lockdown and everything has been just a willingness to our need I should say to get outside and so you know Huey and I have been on big wackies as we call them and I'd like to continue that into 2021 it we enjoyed this summer we really tried to explore different parts of the city we looked up new trails and that was a lot of fun for both of us and so I would like to continue that into 2021 particularly when it gets warmer that's something that I've enjoyed and I think Huey has enjoyed it as well and we took him on his first cottage trip last summer and he did great and I think he had a blast so I would love to take him on more trips this summer even if it is just you know a couple hours out of the city um he went swimming in the summer which he hated but hey (laughs) maybe we'll get him to love the water this summer that would be a joy for me but regardless I think it'd be fun to travel with him again and get some new experiences and get some time out of the city It's time for the speed round. For our speed round, our dog mom will answer questions as quick as they can about their dog. Let's go. Shy or outgoing? I would say shy until he gets to know you. Huey likes to make the first move. Finley is definitely outgoing. Samson is definitely shy. Game or treat? Treat, 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 treat. He was very, very food motivated, which is a blessing and a curse. Finley will play for a treat or will pose for a treat. Samson is treat all the way. He is obsessed with food. What are their favorite treats? Huey's favorite treats are definitely Frankie and Ferns. We love them. Shout out Frankie and Ferns. Um, and then Huey loves carrots. And I think, Yami, you were talking about Boss loves carrots too. He, it's like every time he hears the bag, He is at my feet. He loves carrots. Finley really likes meaty treats. So she likes the bits and barks that are here from Toronto or anything that is meaty or fishy. Samson will eat absolutely anything. Like he loves anything from steak to broccoli to a used tissue. (laughs) (laughs) Or poo bags. (laughs) Yeah, he, he will eat anything. Collar, harness or other. What are their tools of choice? Collar for a quick pee and harness for a big walkie. We use martingale collars for walks. And then if we go on a long walk or like hiking, then harness. Squeakies or balls? Squeakies and must destroy the squeaky. 
must get it out and then he's over it but the time <laughs> until he's destroyed that toy is the best time of his life yes neither one of them is really big on balls so i'm gonna go with squeakies people or dogs Huey is definitely dogs unless you're in his pack then he, otherwise he's a little bit timid so definitely dogs Finley is definitely people she loves people and people love her back she she likes some dogs it will take her some time like she, she needs to make sure she likes them and they're kind of vibing. Samson is the opposite. He's definitely more of a dog dog. Uh, takes him some time to warm up to people, but when he once he likes you, he likes you for life. Summer or winter? Summer. Definitely summer. So Finley's from California. She's a California girl. She loves sunbathing. Uh, she loves the summer. She likes, you know, being outside when it's warm. Samson likes both. Uh, being from Mexico, we kind of expected that he's going to be more of a summer. But he loves the snow. The good thing about winter, though, is that Finley can, she's cold, so she has to wear something. So she has an excessive amount of coats. So I love it when it's when it's winter and we get to dress her up. Walks or cuddles? I think cuddles. She's very cuddly with, with myself and my partner. Definitely cuddles. Like uh, Finley absolutely loves cuddling and uh, being like comfy with you. Samson uh, has his time. So he has certain times a day where he's like, I need to get my exercise on. But when it's the evening and he knows it's the time we usually watch TV and cuddle, he's like, okay, it's time, guys. Let's go. Early walks or sleep in? Sleep in. I was shocked. I never knew you could have a dog that wouldn't wake you up. Huey would sleep all morning if I allowed him. Like, he will stay in bed until I have to pick him up out of bed. I've never met anyone like him. Well, I have two that are like this. They love sleeping in and they're especially Finley, like she's the sleepiest dog ever. And when you you have to wake her up like a proper like, but mom, I don't want to. And then she tries to go back under the covers. So yeah, they definitely like to sleep in. It's so funny. I also thought the same thing. But boss is also a sleep in dog. And lots of people on this podcast have said their dogs are sleep in dogs. So I think the rescue dogs are just like bed is best. I don't want to go yeah. back. Guard dog or greeter? Huey is a guard dog. Like I said, he likes to make the first move. So he doesn't like people who are like, oh my god, you're so cute. He's not into that. He wants to come up and suck you out first. Finley is definitely a greeter outside the house. But when she's home, it's I think like she has some probably has some chihuahua in her and it's just like who dares you know walk outside my door type of attitude that samson picked on uh too so now they're both you know like god bless our neighbors basically <laughs> <laughs> do they like big dogs or little dogs better Huey likes little dogs the best he likes to be well yeah, yeah his best friend monster they're and huey is big compared to monster Yes, but maybe that's why they're best friends. Um, both my dogs have a bit of a size complex. Uh, so because Samson is such a funny shape, he can't decide if he's small or big. So he, I think he likes to pretend he's bigger than he actually is because his head is big. Um, so he likes big dogs. Finley likes to take on small dogs to feel powerful and big dogs for the same reason. She's just like, I can take on anyone. Bacon or peanut butter? I think bacon, but both would be acceptable. Can I put peanut butter on the bacon? He would yeah. love that. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter, bacon, cookies, all the way. Like the, you, you can't, you can't choose. I think they're both equally um, well received. Who is the actor? 
who would voice your dog if your dog was in a movie? Oh, this is a great question. Oh, I feel like I'm on the spot. Dana, do you have an answer if you've talked about this? Um, I have one for Finley. I actually even put it up on Instagram as a poll. So uh, definitely Reese Witherspoon. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Super bubbly and yeah, like a- Samson. Did you think about Samson? <sighs> I, I honestly don't know. Like we, we can, my partner and I can agree. I think he would be like one of those, you know, um, Spanish speaking actors with like a deep voice. I can't even choose one. But like, like a maybe, Javier Bardem or something? Yeah, or like Pedro Pascal or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But I don't know. I I really, it's, it's hard. That one's hard. It's not as obvious as with Finley. And I think for Huey too, just because his, you know, his past life on the streets and <laughs> running away from the police. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. That's, definitely that's not like a Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds type. No, no, he's not one of those. I'm also wondering, like, would he be like a Michael Sarah? Oh, you know, okay, this is gonna sound weird. Okay, I think he would be like Taylor Kitsch, but from Friday Night Lights, like oh, with the, the yeah. Texas accent and like kind of a bad boy. And, you know, like doing his own thing. I'm gonna go with, with Tim. So Tim Riggins, but Taylor Kitsch. I love it. I am a big Friday Night Lights fan. So I'm so into that answer. <laughs> Okay, put put it up as a poll on Instagram, Lindsay. See what people yeah, uh, suggest. True. Now I want to know. That was really fun. I got so many weird ones. I feel like we, I thought of like, I don't know, Dan said Bradley Cooper. I was thinking like a Ryan Gosling type. And then everybody was like, Danny DeVito. And I was like, what the oh. hell? Tricks or stairs? Tricks. But we're working on actually doing the tricks that's being asked. Oh, where yeah. Where Huey like runs through his repertoire. She's like, I'll give you a pop. I'll give you this pop. I will spin. What else would you like me to do? And he's not actually listening. So that's something we're working on in second lockdown. Good. I need to work on it more. I just break down laughing. And I think that encourages him to keep doing it. <laughs> Finley is definitely a tricks. She, she has quite a big repertoire and she likes learning new stuff. Um, and, she, and she picks it up pretty quickly. Samson is more of a, I'll give you a few things, but honestly, just give me the food. So his number one thing to work on is patience. Cause he's just like, I just want it now. I remember that. <laughs> he's getting better though. Like yeah. I, that is one thing that I wish like I'd known about Meximots that they're obsessed with food and it doesn't go away. Squirrel chaser or scent follower? Squirrel chaser. Absolutely squirrels. Really? High prey drive for all the dogs? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, Samson doesn't really care. He just follows what Finley does. Mm. Huey has chased a rabbit in my parents' oh, backyard yeah. to the point where I like I had to dive in front. I was actually worried he was going to get it. And like he was doing laps and he was so fast. So definitely chaser. Costumes or naked? Huey would prefer naked. I always try costumes. Does he like getting in those outfits or do you have to like do a lot of training and bribing? So it doesn't, it actually doesn't require, but he looks, he'll do this thing where he flattens his ears and I know that he's like sad. So, but he also doesn't want to be cold. So if I go outside naked, he shivers and I'm like, you don't want to be cold, but you don't want to wear a jacket. I don't know what to do with you, child. Put your jacket on. Boss is the exact same. He hates putting on his jacket so much that now he's started hiding in his crate for all of our walks. But I'm like, if we go outside without it, you're gonna, you're gonna hate it too. So I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think they figure out that like, if if they're putting on a coat, that means it's cold outside and they don't like being cold. Totally. I think that's what it is too. Yeah, I mean, I, in Samson's head, he's just like, I can just be on the carpet. Like, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah, no. Well, if you follow Finley on Instagram, you know, she loves uh, getting dressed. 
and people are always surprised because they think I'm like abusing my dog but I swear she loves getting dressed up she loves posing for the camera and when she's not in the mood she will let me know like she'll turn away and she won't look at the camera uh, so she likes getting dressed up she likes being cozy so she definitely likes putting on her coats um, and all her outfits the only thing she doesn't like is having stuff on her head and Samson doesn't like getting dressed but it's okay because he's also super awkward to shop for so I actually have to um, get him things that are big for big dogs and then kind of uh, fix them so that they fit him. He needs a tailor. Squat or lift? Huey's been a squatter for his whole life that I've known him until recently. He has occasionally lifted. We find it very shocking. That's crazy. Same with Boss. Boss does a plank move. He like moves forward. When we had our last temp foster, Gregorio, there was once that he lifted and we were shocked like our our jaws literally dropped my mind went to the gym i don't know why i was like why are the dogs working out at the gym <laughs> finley is a squatter but she has like a weird thing that she does so my parents have two dogs a male and a female and the female squats with her leg up because she's trying to imitate the male dog so finley spent some time with them and now she squats with her leg up which is really weird and samson is a squatter uh which i hope stays that way because i don't want him to learn to lift his leg because then if he ever pees at home he can pee on stuff and squatters can only be on the carpet or on the floor. That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> mama's boy or daddy's boy? I want to say mama's boy, but my partner would call me out. So daddy's boy. They cuddle and like Huey little spoons on the couch. He's Aww. so obsessed with him. I was listening to the episode with Hannah and she said the same thing about Fern where she cuts the nails and she does the food and they still love their daddies more. Yeah, and that's just dip typical parenting. Like the mom does everything and the dad is just like there for fun to be like, I don't know, go ask your mother. I also wonder if it's like a pack thing. Like is my partner the alpha male and that's why? I've always wondered that. I definitely feel that with boss boss loves men so much like male dogs and male people and it's so weird because i've always heard of dogs who are the opposite just like the way he reacts to my male friends versus my female friends is completely different finley is definitely daddy's little princess she loves us both and she will like choose who you know who she wants to be with at that time but she definitely has a special relationship with my partner and Samson is 100% mama's boy. He like, he still, it's been almost a year and he still cries outside the door when I go to the bathroom. Oh, Samson. That's really yeah. cute though. Well, that's everything today. Thanks you both for sharing all your stories with us and talking about Huey, Finley, and Samson. Thanks. This is so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and, you know, giving me a chance to talk about my dogs, which is like one of my top, top five things to do. That's exactly what I wanted to accomplish because that's all I do every day, all day. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini inspired by her rescue boss, who you can find on Instagram at the pup boss to keep up with the rescue dog moms podcast you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on instagram at rescue dog moms pod see you next week oh.